G'day community and welcome to episode 1 of 2021 Tradio. I'm Lek Dog and I'm joined by the one, the only, the beautiful Damo. Damo, you son of a gun, we're back. Tradio launch, we're excited, there's plenty to talk about. Yeah, plenty to talk about. Uh, free agency begins today or began today and there's already been some moves and trade period starts on Monday and there's already talk that we could see deals on Monday happening as soon as it opens as well. I bloody hope so, because this truly is the greatest part of the AFL season. It's the off-season. Damo, reminder to those who might not have listened along last year, but basically whenever a deal gets done, or on any day a deal gets done, we're going to whip together something to assess how it affects the Supercoach landscape. And we've already had three deals today which we can touch on very shortly. But how are you seeing this trade period? Is it going to be exciting? Uh, lots to go down? Or do you think it's a bit, a bit of a bit of a whiff, a bit of a miss, this one? I think teams will be really keen to boost their draft hand. So you might see a few players moved to other clubs that have later selections um, so that a, a club can use a bunch of later selections to move up the order. And we don't know what Gold Coast is going to do because they don't really need any of their draft selections because they've got 38 senior players listed and contracted mm-hmm. on their in their team. And they've got picks 3, 19, and 22, which I think teams are going to come for hard. Well, yes, I don't think there's a coincidence, Damo, that they are allowed to keep pick 19, but we're also told, oh, no, you can trade it if you want. I think the AFL clearly knows that they are going to move that pick on. Um, let's not even get started on their ability to pre-list academy players and the like. That's a podcast for another day, Damo. But the Gold Coast are involved with what we're talking about today because they've signed someone, Marbia Chol, the youngest free agent to ever move, Damo, and that's very important that he's the youngest free agent to ever move, isn't it? It is because it affected what Richmond got as compensation for his move, which we know you're quite passionate about this compensation thing. You don't think compensation should be a thing, especially for a player like Marbio Chol, who has been delisted in the past. So there was at a point in time where Richmond thought they didn't need this player. Well, the funny thing is, Damo, when they introduced the rule that if you've ever been delisted or, um, or you know, have previously been a free agent, then you're a free agent for life. Because initially, free agency was introduced and that wasn't part of the rule. Like, you had to be a free agent. You had to be at a club for like eight years on a contract, then come out of contract, be a free agent, and then be on a contract again for another eight years. Like, when it was initially proposed, it was awful. The delisted rule was brought in. I thought, Ace, this is awesome. This is good news. What I didn't anticipate it doing, and I anticipate it doing further, is bolstering clubs' draft hands for players that were fringe players at best and at one point were clearly not good enough to be on their respective lists. Damo, which pick did they get Richmond? So Richmond got an end-of-second-round pick as compensation, so that becomes pick 38. And you'd expect Richmond to also get pick 39 from North Melbourne, 
for uh, Callum Coleman Jones if they if North get their way. So, well, we can we can address that. I I wouldn't even go to the the trade negotiation if I was North. I'd just take him through the preseason draft CCJ because it sounds like in order to keep this second round pick because which they got because Chol was so young, even though they let him get out of contract and uh, he was a fringe player. They, I've lost my train of thought. I'm so angry, Damon. I'm so angry. But yes, they Richmond obviously want don't want to pick up Robbie Tarrant as a free agent because it'll affect their compensation. But if I'm North, why the hell am I trading with you? I think Richmond will go to North Melbourne and say, let's help each other out here. I'll give you Robbie Tarrant and you give us Callum Coleman-Jones or the other way around. I can't remember who I started that with. And we won't see any other picks swap hands. I think it will just be a straight swap, Robbie Tarrant for Callum Coleman-Jones. Richmond get to keep the compensation pick for Marby or Chole and North Melbourne walk away with Callum Coleman-Jones and everyone's happy. Every Apart from you, Apart from the other 16 clubs. (laughs) Yeah. Look, I agree. I think uh, that's what I would be doing. Data by Josh on Twitter. Um, Go and check him out. I might have said the name wrong, but you know who he is if you're listening to us. Has actually previously done a lot of work around this uh, compensation stuff and there's been a lot of articles. One that sticks out to me is that compensation creates two winners and 16 losers, and that's how I see it. Damn, I've actually come around in my old age. I'm not totally against compensation in the AFL. What I am against is the AFL trying to create, in quotation marks, fair compensation by assigning values to players that are going out. I could understand compensation just in form of giving them another draft pick to fill the hole that left. And if it was up to me, and the NHL is kind of like this, where basically any compensation you're going to get is from the end of the third round onwards. And that's purely just, so you get another shot to go to the draft and fill the hole, the physical hole that was left in your list. And there are rare occurrences where if a guy signs like, you know, a $100 million contract or whatever it is, that a first round pick and a first round pick will be assigned. But the vast majority is third round. And that's what I would like to see, Demo. I'm not against totally getting rid of compensation anymore, but there's no way it should, the first in my opinion, three rounds are super important to AFL club's development and ability to get better. So in your scenario, let's say Stephen Cornelio is a free agent. Mm -hmm. He moves to, let's say, Port Adelaide and Port Adelaide are going to pay him 900 grand a year for six years. You're saying the best pick that GWS could hope for is pick... 54. Yes, in my ideal situation. I think the the compensation you get for a player is what they give to you while you're there at your club. And if you're unable to sign them, you shouldn't be rewarded for that. Having said that, a third round, an end of third round pick is still something that you can use to fill a hole. Now, a good example would be Gary Ablett, right? Gary Ablett, I can't remember what pick they got for Gary Ablett when he went up to Gold Coast. He was the best player we had ever seen play the game. I don't know who his equivalent in the, in the AFL is now. Who's the best player in the AFL, Demo? You would have to say Ollie Wines at this point because he's the incumbent. If Ollie Wines, off the back of winning the Brownlow, said, no, I want to go, and he's only, what, 26, I want to say? 
maybe a little older than that. I'll double check a bit later. But he's a youngish player who's won the Brownlow. If he left, I could understand the AFL saying, "Yes, we're making a an, we're making a special case here, where it's a, a pick nineteen or whatever whatever it is for Ollie Wines because this is kind of unprecedented. He's getting paid a million dollars a year. Blah blah blah. He's the best player in the comp." But other than that rare occurrence, I, I would just keep it plain and simple, keep it to the end of third round is where it starts. Because, look, Marbia Chol, Damo, if they took him to to a trade situation, who is giving up a second and round pick for him? Yeah, in a trade situation, Marbia Chol, would, you'd probably give a token pick to, to just so something was moving back the other way. You would, it wouldn't be anything significant or anything that's worth... It's, it might not even pick, be a pick that anyone actually uses. No, exactly. It, he's not worth a second round pick, and that's the point. Obviously, you're always you. Sh- in my opinion, you should always get unders in terms of compensation that affects the rest of the league for what is going out in a free agency situation. So it is scalable in my scenario, but for the most part, I think it ke- keeps it pretty clear cut. Unless you're like the best player on the team. You're getting a third-round pick. Let's move on. Okay, so there was other moves today. We've talked about Marbio Chol. He w- went to the Suns, and the Sun and uh, Richmond got their compensation pick. Um, Jake Kelly went to Essendon. Uh, the compensation to Adelaide there was pick 42. So it was a third-round pick after Adelaide's third-round selection or after the selection that Adelaide would have had because I believe they had traded that pick on. Um, and then late in the day, Carlton, uh, your mob black dog, uh, lodged the paperwork for George Hewitt as, and he's a restricted free agent. So Sydney have three days if they want to, to match that bid. Yeah. So they have the option to match that. Um, they will basically be trying to see what sort of compensation they'll get from the AFL if they don't match. Cause it'll, it'll be a situation where if they do match, I think the risk is probably too great for them to match. I, I don't know that the Blues would offer much in a trade for him. Um, certainly not more than what they're going to get from Compo based on what we've seen today because he's only a couple of years older than Marby Chol. What do you think he's going to get Sydney in the way of compensation? He's 25 years old. He's going to be 26 uh, soon. I think next. I think he's going to be. Tw- he's going to be 26 within the next six months. So before the next season begins or just after the season begins. So age between 25 and 28. uh, Contract is four years, I believe. And the rumoured money is 450 to 500k. I would say that gives Sydney a pick um, just after their second round selection. So pick 32. Yeah, I think based on today's news, you're probably right. It makes me sick, though, Damo, but you're probably right. Uh, once again, I don't think the Blues are offering anything better than that for him in a trade. In saying that, though, if you were to trade George Hewitt, pick 32 is probably about right. It probably depends who you're trading with. Uh I, I imagine the Blues, if they had to trade for him, would offer their future third. I think it's the only thing that they actually have. I don't think they'd offer future second unless they think they're going to win the flag next year. It's it's an, I yeah. When I valued him uh, myself, I had him around pick forty. It's actually uh, I might dig up that 
trade value on HPN a little bit later, and we'll have a look at that. Damo, after the break, I want to talk to you about the super coach relevancy of Marvia Chol and why, I don't know, a little birdie told me you might be excited by him. Have you suffered from hair loss? Have I got the product for you, bald butter? This new hair butter, used just like shampoo, can help you lose your hair much faster so you can avoid having those embarrassing balding spots. Bald butter. Thanks for holding on there, listeners. We are brought to you by Bald Butter. Lekdog. Oh, love, love the product, mate. Love it. You can tell. You can just have a look. It's, uh, it is certainly doing a number on my hair here. Great results. Bald butter. Damo, where were we? We were talking about George Hewitt, Marbio Chol, and Jake Kelly and their possible super coach relevancy. All right. Well, well, let's start with the big one. Let's start with the big one, Marbio Chol. What's his price going to be, Damo? Do we have an estimation on that? I'll just say right now, all three of the players that, are, that have had paperwork lodged for them today um, we're all going to start next season about the same price. Marbio Chol will be the cheapest, though, just. Um, but all the players are going to be about 370 to 400K. Marbio Chol probably closer to 370. Okay, so Marbio Chol, 370K. <laughs> Never been known as a super huge, super coach uh, prospect. He goes up to Gold Coast. They've got. Jared Witts recovering from a knee. I'm assuming he's going to be all right for the majority of the season. Where do we see Chol? Is he playing as a forward with a pinch hit ruck? Is he playing behind the ball as a pinch hit ruck? Where do we see him lining up for this Gold Coast Sunside? I think the days of Sam Day backing up the ruck is gone, and I don't think they're going to make Ben King do it either because they need someone to anchor that forward line. So I do believe that Marbio Chol will play as that athletic third, second to third tall in their forward line that can pinch it behind your Jared Witts or whoever it is that is rucking. Maybe Malbio Chol is rucking until they're sure that Jared Witts is good to go. But I don't think Malbio Chol is going to be the main man in the forward line, but they do need someone who can be a target in the forward line when Ben King is being lined up on by... A def- by a, def- a, a defender who is probably the opposition's best defender. So we might be looking at essentially a Peter Wright replacement, a guy who can be a target, can pinch it in the ruck, and it's not great reading from a super coach sense. I know in 2021, Peter Wright averaged 82 super coach points. He was primarily like a really key target for Essendon, and they went to him a lot. We go back to 2019, Peter Wright averaged 68. 63 in 2018, 69 in 2017. I think that's probably what we're looking at for Marbia Troll, right? Around an, a 70 average. Yeah, and I was excited about the prospect of Marbio Chol in Supercoach until I worked out his price, mm-hmm. until I really thought about what position he could possibly play for the Suns because the Suns actually have a really good core group of players. It's just... You saw when Melbourne won the premiership, they've got probably that nice spine and then the players on the outside that you don't really talk about. So your Tom Sparrows, your Alex Neil Bullens, your 
James Harms. These players don't get the headlines like these, like Clayton Oliver, Christian Petrarca, Max Gorn, uh, Jake Lever do, but they were all very important in the way that Melbourne won their flag. And Gold Coast have their Took Millers, they've got their David Swallow, they've got Ben King, they've got Sam Collins, but they're missing those outside, outside the headline players, let's call them, that can play a role and do it and play it really well for them on game day. So I think Marbio Chol is going to be one of those outside the headline players for them. So just a quick summation of Marbio Chol. And I, I think, look, if what we're projecting would have been super awesome, super exciting for super coaches out there if he was priced, you know, 200k cheaper. I think you're right. His price kind of rules him out. I'm just looking at the HPN career trade calculator. Go and check out hpnfooty.com. They do a great service. Based on the compo, it has Marbia Chol rated at a 32.7 rating and the pick 38 rated at a 36.5. So a, a 90% um, percent gain on what they're losing in terms of performance and projected performance based on previous players taking a pick 38. So... A little bit of overcompo there, but relatively close according to the HPN trade calculator. I think we've talked about Marbio Child a bit too much now. Let's move on to Jake Kelly. He moved from Adelaide to Essendon. Adelaide got pick 42 as compensation. It, is, it looks like he's going to play a role that frees up Jordan Ridley, which makes Jordan Ridley probably more Supercoach relevant than Jake Kelly will ever be. Yes, and I think you've you've nailed it in one there, Damo. As always, you've nailed it in one. The big exciting thing for super coaches out there is that Jake Kelly comes in, plays a lockdown role, allows Jordan Ridley to do what we love Jordan Ridley to do, Damo. And that's what he was doing at the start of 2020 when he was averaging 125 points a game. He was intercepting, taking kickouts. He was doing everything. And then he got concussed, and then he got asked to defend a little more. Hopefully, Damo, this frees him up for us. Yeah, and, and that sort of player is what they missed against the uh, Essendon in that uh, is what they missed against the Bulldogs in that elimination final. They didn't ha- Bulldogs players. It got to the point where the Bulldogs players were marking everything and anything. They didn't have a player that could come across and intercept. They didn't have a free man. And Jordan Ridley being freed up by the acquisition of Jake Kelly, because Jordan Ridley had to play on the likes of the Cody Waitmans and all that, and we won't talk about the success of that, but. Because because John really was asked to do a role that probably he wasn't suited for, it sort of made the it was sort of the downfall of that game. So I think at the addition of Jake Kelly to play on your small forwards has allowed will allow Jordan Ridley to become that player that Essendon were missing in that final. Yeah, no, I agree uh, 100%. He had 12 tons in the regular season. season Jordan Ridley, he had uh, he did actually score 134 in that elimination final against the Bulldogs, but I imagine he was one of the few, few uh, Essendon players that did actually score all right. It looks like it was him, Draper, Merritt and Parrish, so the names you'd expect. I'm excited to be picking Jordan Ridley. Uh, at D1 or D2 or whatever it is next year. Ended up only averaging 98.7 for the season. So we saw what he can do, which is average 120 plus at the start of the year. And then thanks to some some decisions and some injuries, ends up averaging under 100. And he's going to be bloody affordable, Damo. He is. He's probably going to come in at around 540K. So 
I know, like you don't like to select defenders on over over five hundred k, but I think for Jordan Ridley, you'll make an exception. Yeah, I think I think that rule has had to shift as the pricing has shifted over the years. Demo, I think five fifty k is my limit now. I think you got to avoid the uh, the Jake Lloyd's and whatnot. But I think five fifty is the new limit. And just like in the forward line, the limit has changed down to four fifty. So there's a little bit of levering at either end. Let's talk about the final player who has. I mean, look, it hasn't officially happened, but Carlton have offered a, an offer to free to George Hewitt as free agency. He's accepted. Now we've just got to find out if it's going to get matched. It won't because the compo will be over the top. George Hewitt, Damo, can play as an inside tackling defensive mid, can also play behind the ball when required. Does he come into Carlton and and, and become a, a super coach option himself or does he help any other players? What do you think? I personally wouldn't pick him myself, but I can see people doing it and and justifying it. But I actually think he more protects someone like a Sam Walsh. I think because the addition of George Hewitt may initially hurt the scoring of Sam Walsh until they get familiar with each other on the football field. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. George Hewitt... Averaged 73.3 in 2021. Has always averaged between about 70 and 80. Breakout year 2019, averaged 88 supercoach points. Known for his tackling. And from what I've been told from guys like Zeno and and everyone who follows the Swans, what he does is make his other midfielders around him better. So it might take a while to to gel, as you've pointed out there, Damo. But I'm excited for Sam Walsh in 2022 again. I'm excited for. I mean, there's, there's a lot of question marks in this in this Carlton midfield. Zach Williams is he going to play there? I, I don't know. But one guy that I think we can all just about sign off on right now is Sam Walsh. Draft though, George Hewitt might be a decent little little pickup if, he, especially if he retains defender midfielder eligibility. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that George Hewitt given the role that he was asked to play for the Swans this year, I believe he missed a few games and had to come back and earn his way back in via the defense. So he might pick up dual position eligibility and become a uh, relevant player for us in Supercoach. But like I said, I don't think you anyone would pick him up going to a new team. I think if he remained at Sydney, people might have had a look at him. But at Carlton, you don't really know how he's going to fit in, especially with Carlton having a new coach and a new coaching panel. Yep, I agree, Damo. Ah, we're going to go to one more break. When we get back, we tell you why Matt Rendell is the smartest man in AFL football. Jones Barbecue and Foot Massage! Jones Barbecue and Foot Massage! Better come down here, get some of this shit. You like to eat? America loves to eat. So why not open up somewhere America can sit down, enjoy a meal, and get their feet rubbed? And we're back. This is Tradio with Lek Dog and Damos, brought to you by Jones Good Ass Barbecue and Foot Massages. Always a pleasure at Jones Good Ass Barbecue and Foot Massages. Damo, I've got one little more final bugbear to, to discuss. as the AFL gets closer to true free agency, slowly, 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 as we've seen with Mavia Scholl. Here's something that I'm worried about. I'm worried we're going to st- we're going to see clubs delisting their fringe players 
their young fringe players with a promise to redraft them, to list redraft, as clubs have been doing for years and years and years, just so if down the track those players want to leave, because we know that if you're out of contract, you can leave whenever you want, they're going to get better combo for it. And I say there's a loop, potential loophole that maybe the AFL didn't consider when bringing in this rule, even though I do fundamentally agree with the free agency rule for delisted players. But look, here's a list of some players, Damo, that based on the Mabia Chol decision would get a second round pick or a first round pick in combo to their clubs if they were to leave and go to a new club right now. Let's ignore the fact that some of them are in contract. You tell me if any of these players are worth a first or second round pick. Will Snelling. Ben Keyes, Oscar Brownless, Jermaine Jones, Jackson Haitley, Zach Sproul, Boyd Woodcock, Mitch Hinge, and Bailey Banfield. Because those players all under this current system would qualify and have the same age and the same uh, careers, if not better careers, to date. Are any of them worth a first or second round pick? Uh, I maybe one of them, Jackson Haitley, might be worth a second round pick, but towards the back end, maybe Ben Keys. He had a pretty good year. Yeah, Ben Keys. I don't know about Bailey Banfield. You'd know him better than I do. You getting a first for Bailey Banfield? A first round rookie pick, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just worried. It's just something to watch, like. Right now, uh, we could talk about this another day, but the Peter Laddam situation is a great one, whereas if Porter just previously delisted him, hell, they're laughing. They're getting a pick three for him. Anyway, Damo, that's, that's, that's enough about compensation until the next one happens. What have you got for me? We'll just quickly touch on the Peter Laddam situation. I think it's wrong that clubs can tell players to seek opportunities elsewhere and then ask the world for them. Uh, if if Laddams finds a new home, Port can't be asking the world for him. Pretty much, they've told him to go looking. They haven't gone. They he hasn't like. They don't want to keep him. They don't want to pay the rest of his contract because they back ended this contract and now they're regretting it. And then you've got West Coast with Jared Brander. They've effectively delisted him but won't do it until after the trade period because they want whatever's going to come back for him in a trade deal, possibly that nets them Sam petrovsky seaton So it's the AFL should have a rule in place where – and the AFL Players Association might even be working on something like this. You'd never know. If a club tells a player to go and seek opportunities elsewhere, they are effectively releasing that player from their contract. Damo, it's, it is insanity that this can happen in a quotation marks professional league. That a, so they back end a deal. They, they go to Peter Laddams. They did this to Adam Trelaw. They go to this player. They say, hey, we love having you on our team. We just need to shuffle your contract around. We want to back end it so we can sign Brody Grundy this year or so we can sign Ollie Wines this year. We just we're gonna give you all the money in the end. We just need you to go cheaper for these next couple of years. They get arguably the best footy out of those players. They get 75% of the output at 25% of the cost. Then in the final year of the deal, where 75% of the salary is owed and at 25% of the contract's less, they say, Oh, actually, we don't want you anymore. 
no, we we know you did the team thing, and we know you uh, you're a good player. We don't want you anymore. You got to go and find options. So the player goes, "Well, shit, this, I feel pretty bad about that. I'm going to go look for options." They find an option, then they say, "I oh, know we're not letting you go. You have to get a trade done." Like Adam Trelaw last year, they were so far of the salary cap, they did the list will get rid of three of their best 22 players, Damo Collingwood. And then they had the goal to ask for a first-round pick back for Trelaw. They should be paying a first-round pick to get rid of Trelaw. That is what a salary dump is. Port Adelaide should be paying a second-round pick to whichever club takes Peter Lathams. That is what a salary dump is. But the AFL is not mature enough to assess it. They don't like the optics. It's why the Matthew Loby deal many years ago got knocked on the head. It just makes no sense to me, Damon. And it's it's shitty to the player, particularly Jared Brander. I feel so bad for Jared Brander right now. That wasn't my question or that wasn't the, what I was going to ask you. So we'll end that there. We'll put a pin in that and I'm sure we'll talk about it again as, oh, more, epi- <laughs> as more episodes of this come out. But what f- is the first trade that goes down? Ooh, the first trade that goes down. You're going to have to maybe remind me of a few that are on the cards, Damo, because believe it or not, I have not been listening to trade radio this year, and I feel better for it. Okay. um, Brisbane are into Darcy Fort. Adelaide are into Jordan Dawson. Carlton obviously have their eye on Adam Chera. Collingwood are looking at Pat Lipinski and Nathan Kruger. Um. Gold Coast are looking to get rid of Will Brody and Darcy McPherson. Um, St. Kilda and Essendon have been linked doing a deal with Essendon receiving Ben Long. Um, that's all I can remember off the top of my head. Well, I've got just before we uh, I, I answer your question, we do have we do have some some breaking trade news on the topic we just covered. AFL.com.au is reporting that Gold Coast and North Melbourne are exploring an innovative trade that would see the Roos acquire the Suns pick 19 and Darcy McPherson in a salary dump for a future second or third round pick. That's exactly what we're talking about, Damo. This is how it should be done. Yep. And you know and and you, and you know what? The AFL is going to allow this because they want the Suns to be successful. Yeah, they don't want the Suns to be paying that extra salary to McPherson, particularly when they're trying to attract external players. And they know that they can't use the pick 19 because their list is full. This is going to set the precedent for salary dumping here on out. If this goes through, I'm very excited. I'm very excited. Um, The first trade that goes through Damo, well, we can, it won't be Jordan Dawson. It won't be Adam Chera. Uh, It won't be SBS. We don't know what's happening there. That's a really tough one. Um, it won't be Jordan Clark. It's, it's, man, this is really, really tough, Damo. I don't know. If I'm going to make a call, I think it's Pat Lipinski to Collingwood. Yeah, that's a pretty good one. That is a pretty good one. Yeah, I think Pat Lipinski's the the first one that gets done. Or it'll be something weird like, you know, there's been rumours that Lewis Young to the Blues. I just don't see how that gets done. Or the first trade will be like, uh, someone has traded pick 63 for pick 67 and 70. <laughs> I, yeah, exactly. I don't, th- I don't think we can count that. I'd love it if it's this proposed salary dump. I'd love it. It'd set the whole scene. We would see Peter Laddams go for a f- with a first round pick. We would see uh, 
the Blues dump Mitch McGovern. Like we would see so much stuff happen from this. But no, I think you're right. I think Lipinski's the most straightforward one. Unless Carton and Fremantle have been talking and they've both agreed that it's let's not make this hard and it's just even if, pick six. Even if that deal is agreed to on the first day, the AFL has form holding back announcements of trades until the final day. Yeah, well, that up- <laughs> that upsets me as well. That upsets me as well. Hmm. <laughs> The only way the Adam Chera trade will go through before the final day or before the final few days is if whatever gets traded from Carlton to Fremantle, whichever, whatever that is, and we're not going to speculate because me and you both get angry about talking about it. Yes. Will, that, will, that paperwork will only be publicized if the Dockers need what Carlton have given them for, for, an, for another trade. Yeah, uh, 100%. 100%. That one is going to be released at on the like the last second of the last day. <laughs> Wednesday, October 13th, 7.29pm, and the Dockers have traded Adam Chera finally. <laughs> <laughs> Adam Chera's been training with the Blues for two weeks, but they've finally traded him. All right, Damo, I think that brings us to our uh, end of our allotted time. But it's been a bloody pleasure, and we're going to be back. Every time a deal happens, we will be there, Damo. So you might see us back on Monday, or you might see us not back until Thursday. Who knows? (laughs) Always a pleasure. Go Blues.